0: Welcome to the program. It is Hook and Landry, and we're ready to go. And as you know, we usually talk a lot of college football. I love talking and learning college football with Chris Landry. Go to LandryFootball.com to learn more. But I'm going to lean a little, if it's okay with you, Chris, towards the NFL. I just thought that um, yesterday, Denver having no quarterbacks, uh, the fact that they are just so bleep and determined to stay on pace is uh, a little befuddling to me. I'm going to make you the commissioner of the NFL, so you now make $45 million. Yeah, well, that's, uh, good. that's good. So, yeah, that works pretty good. And you get a private plane for life and, life in, and health insurance for life. But anyway, um, you... What would you do if you were sitting in his chair? Because I just thought uh, yesterday and they were kind of pushing games down our throat on, on Tuesday, which is fine with me. They can play seven days a week. I don't care. I'm I'm excited about it. But it just seems like he is determined to get this season in without adding a week 18 um, without canceling games and doing as little postponement as he can. I'm, I just don't understand his thinking at all.
1: Well, I, I they definitely want to get it in. They definitely want to get it in, in time. And if they have to go that extra week, they will, but they would prefer not to. I think in this situation, it's every situation is a little unique. So let's take two situations we've had from this past week, Baltimore. You know they didn't want to lose the Thanksgiving night game with Baltimore, the Ravens-Steelers. That was huge. In fact, it deprived us of the – other than Utah State, New Mexico, it deprived us of uh, the only football we would have had that night. But because it, even though they followed protocol, and, you know there was an outbreak. They had to postpone it. The situation with Denver is different. I put that all on Denver. I put that all on the players. They didn't follow protocol, Dave. None of those players in the quarterback meeting decided that, that none of them, they they, they weren't going to wear a mask. Well, you don't wear a mask and you <laughs> expose yourself to other guys that are positive, then then that that's not following the protocol. And there was no reason to postpone the game or cancel the game. Because you know what? You didn't do what you were supposed to do. If it's beyond your control, they they would have postponed the game. It, it, was it a bad look to not have quarterbacks play? Yeah, it was. But whose fault was that? 100% Denver's. And, and, and specifically, the players. Because, you know, and I, I thought Vic Fangio kind of fell on the sword a little bit. And I guess I didn't communicate to my players well enough to where they didn't realize how important it was to, to follow protocol. But the bottom line is it was on those players. And I do believe those players let their team down. They let the organization down. And, Dave, they, they let themselves down. If you're Brett Ripien, I mean, if you're Blake Bortles, that's your chance to start, to earn, you know, really good tape that maybe you get another job somewhere else next year, maybe not as a starter. How dumb do you need to be to not just wear a darn mask when you're told to do so? You may not agree with it. You may not like it. You may be one of those people out there that thinks it's a hoax and whatever. I don't care about the politics of it. There's a protocol following. So I actually, for someone that is often saying we could do this better, we could do that better, I don't know what they could have done better here. I mean, the protocol was there, and Denver just dropped the ball, specifically the players in that quarterback room. That's how I see
0: it. I I, I understand what you're saying, Um, and let's step away from the commissioner for a second. Uh, I heard recently where uh, Bruce Arians actually has a quarterback that practices almost uh, separate from the team. Yes, um if you're Denver, why wouldn't you do that?
1: Well, A, that's exactly my point. They could have done that. But I guess what I'm saying is this was as simple a fix as you can have. The reason why they were all the quarterbacks were ruled ineligible was because they didn't wear a flipping mask. I mean, the, so they, were, they, they weren't tested positive. They just were exposed, and it was too late to take the test. And the league said, no, 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 we're not going to move the game back a day so that you can get the test because you didn't do what you were supposed to do. That's on you. You follow no. me? In other words, if they had done their part, and there was, okay, they did everything, they followed their protocol, but there's still an issue, they would be playing this game. They would be playing the Saints and Broncos tonight. They would have pushed it back. But but because it was on them to not follow it, look, I I think what Bruce, I think what other guys are doing, uh, having them in separate rooms and doing things are all good precautionary moves to make. Denver's A, coaches, front office, players, they – you can decide who deserves the most blame out of those three did, did the coaches and the administration not stress it enough don't know I'm not in that building every day did the was it stress but the players didn't listen don't know I'm not in that building every day they they not prepare for the event that would if they all had tested positive and again that's a different situation where we probably could have postponed it for a little while or but, but this wasn't the case here. They didn't test positive. They were exposed in contact tracing and were exposed by not following protocol. Well, the league is not going to put, with the proper protocol, they're not going to put guys out on the field, any one of them, without knowing because you you don't have time for the test to get it in. They're not going to delay it because of that. That's on you. That's almost like you basically forfeited the game. And you know what? But we're going to make you play it. And we're going to make you play it under difficult circumstances because you are responsible for it. So I I actually agree 100% with them um, there. I, I think Denver screwed this up. And, again, I think you can point the blame, the front office, head coach, but probably mostly the players because you got to have responsibility, Dave, to do – to follow the protocol. If you don't follow the protocol – And I think people need to know that that's what happened. If you follow protocol and and if you like the Ravens, this game was going to be Thursday night. Now it's tonight as we're doing this show live. It's still scheduled, but, you know, you know, okay. So now this means the Cowboys, instead of playing Thursday night, that's going to be moved to next week. Uh, excuse me, the the uh, Ravens and and the uh, Steelers are tomorrow night Tuesday, night. I'm confused. So you got to move this schedule back because it's not the Cowboys fault that, that that you can't make them play, you know, or the Ravens play on Tuesday and the turnaround and play Thursday. they're following the protocol and then it couldn't be helped. That's when the league says, we'll move it back. We'll accommodate that. We're not going to accommodate you if you if you basically are stupid and don't do the right thing. That's kind of. In the short end, without them saying it in that way, that's exactly how it played out. But it was a bad look. Sure is a bad look to not have a quarterback. It looked embarrassing. But whose fault is that? I mean, it's it's the fault of, you know, the Broncos, quite frankly.
0: No, and I can see that. It, um, it It's one of those things, though, that I do feel like um, you've got a, a situation where, Uh, Roger Goodell's trying to put a, um, what's the word I'm looking for, a round peg in a square hole, and I think he would be much better off um, to, to maybe reset and take a week or two off. Is that such a bad idea?
1: Well, I don't know that I'd want to do that because, A, it seems to be getting worse. So if you put it off, look, they test every day in the NFL every day. So, and they test everybody every day. So we make that clear. I mean, it's a, it's an expensive proposition. So they're doing everything. They're not going to put anybody on the field that tests positive and, and they're not going to, and they're going to accommodate you. If there is, you know, let's say you, there's no, you're asymptomatic, but you test positive. They understand, Hey, look, May be a false positive. Well, again, you're testing every day. No need to say, well, we'll test again tomorrow. Already doing that. I I I disagree, Dave. I I, I think they need to play and play every week because I think this is going to be worse in the the winter. I, I mean, I, I think it may get better. I mean, if you're following the news, I know you are, and I as much as I can they're talking about vaccines coming out, but, but it may be, I don't know how long it's going to take. It's probably going to be to the summer. I, I think basketball's going to catch hell because they're going to be in this winter moment. And I don't know when the vaccines are going to be out or the therapeutics are going to be out enough to, to be utilized. But I think right now, Dave, I, I, I mean, it's the same way I feel with college. It's like, I'm just trying to get this sucker in. Cause if I'm, if I'm the commissioner, I'm not going to put anybody in harm's way but I don't know what else to do. We're ta- we're testing every day. We have protocols. You're supposed to follow them. And if you don't follow them, then, you know, they're going to be repercussions with that, but we're not going to put teams on the field that don't test positive. But wh- why should, I mean, I'll say this, why should the saints be penalized for say, having to move that game? It, 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 it because the Broncos didn't do what they were supposed to do. Now, if they done what they're supposed to do, and it couldn't be helped, then for the because if you move a game, Dave, just like I just said with the Thursday night game with the Ravens and Dallas, that's no longer this week. There will be no Thursday night game this week because now you know Dallas, after having played on Thanksgiving, was going to play another Thursday game against Baltimore. Well, they got to move back because Baltimore has to move back. But again, it's not Baltimore's fault that they've got positive, you know, they did everything. I I just think they need to continue to do what they are doing. They're doing everything they can. I think they need to play every week. And if they need to use that extra week, use it. But if you don't, then why do it? Now, now I will say this. I think as we get to the playoffs, I think we need to – I don't know bubble is the right word because it won't be a bubble. But I think we need to – think of another term for a bubble. It can be even more controlled, uh, environment. I think that's what they need to do because if you have to postpone a playoff game, then you're in trouble because you're going to give somebody a competitive advantage, advantage with more time to get ready for the next round. But, uh, right now I think they're doing everything they again, personally, and I'm not an apologist for the league, even though I'm do a lot of work in it. I'm very critical of a lot of things that we do in terms of the league, but I think in this one, Dave, I don't know what else you do, quite frankly.
0: No, I mean that's fair. Um, I, I I wanted I do want to turn to uh college football for just a moment. Um you're an A D, your team is woefully underachieved, whether that's three wins instead of six or six instead of eight or whatever. How much of a pass are you given because of COVID?
1: Um I think there are two things in terms of a pass. Um, there's this belief that everybody's in the same boat because, you know, you've, you've had a tough time to prepare this spring and this fall, but not every, some people have been affected more than others. So who am I? Who's a D am I, am I in a place where I've got, have I been hit harder than most people Um, have I seen things in the past where I've seen signs that my coach is really getting it going and I see positives, but this year kind of derailed it. If that's the case, I'm going to, I'm going to want to see what he can do next year when things calm down, uh, hopefully. And I think they will, I want to see what he can do. So I'm going to give him a pass. The other thing is let's forget about a pass for a second. Let's just say I'm really concerned about my guy. And I'm really not convinced that next year is going to make it better. I got to go to my big booster, Dave Hooker, and say, Dave, um, yeah, you know, because let's say Dave is saying, look, I I just this this guy is not working out. Well, then how much money do I have to buy this guy out? And how much is he old and how you know, on on what circumstances is he old? Meaning. mostly you can pay it off over time, over, you know, maybe 24, 48 months, depending on his contractual status. Then I got to go out and hire a new coach. Is it the right climate financially? Do we have enough money as an athletic department or do we have other outside funds that we can bring in to make this move? That's what you have to decide. Look, for South Carolina, for Vanderbilt, they decided we can't afford not to make the move. We're going to spend the money to buy out our current coach and we're going to go hire another coach. That's fine. I can do that. I can go hire the guy, but I have to have the money. It can't be, you know, I mean, the worst thing in the world to do, Dave, is to say, that's not working, but, you know, we really can't afford to hire another guy. Well, then, What are you doing? I mean, you know, you're just going to sit there and make a move cosmetically that's going to set you back another two or three years because you make another bad hire. So I think that is a complex answer to a question that really is dependent upon how much money do I have, um, and 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 how how confident am I that he's not the answer? So let's just take the two in the SEC. I'm convinced that Will has had enough time and he wasn't the answer at South Carolina. So I'm ready to move on from Will. I was if I'm the athletic director there. Okay. But if I'm going to do that, who, how much money am I going to have? Am I going to have any stipulations to, to who I can go out and hire financially? It, it, and the, 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 answer better be, no, I can go out and I can pay out, pay them off, which they're going to pay them off handsomely for, for like 45, 40 months now, 42 months are going to pay him 275,000 a month. Good. Good. If you can get it. Okay. You know, I got to pay that off. I got to pay the assistance off. I'm going to put together another staff. So you got to be willing to do that. If I'm Vanderbilt, you got to be willing to do that. If you're not willing to do it, then I, I think you're making a foolish mistake. By just you know, I mean, at that point, you probably need to get your ducks in a row. You better have a you better have a plan, Dave, is what I'm saying. When you make a coaching move, you better have a plan. So I'm going to make an assumption that every one of these guys has a plan of who they want to hire, or at least an idea, and they're willing to pay for it.
0: I mean, I understand what you're saying, but Mike Hamilton had a plan. His name was Lane Kiffin. And the the reason I believe that move was made as quickly as it was to get rid of Philip is because Lane Kiffin was going to Washington. So you can have a plan, but that doesn't mean it's going to pan out. Correct. And when I look at South Carolina, I see glass ceiling. When I look at Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. I see an even lower glass ceiling. I just don't know that um, uh, y- y- you can have a plan as much as you can have some parameters of what you want in a coach be it Correct. he's co- he's coached before he's a hot coordinator and yeah I, I i don't i don't know where the plan is for for schools like South Carolina and well
1: look um am i going to sit here and jump on a table and tell you that chain beamer is going to have better success than Will Muschamp I, I, I can't say that. That's not proven. I've all, I've been on record saying if you're going to make this move and you're South Carolina, and they're not going to do this, I don't want to beat a dead horse. But I'm putting the money together and I am doing my best. And he may tell me no, but I'm saying, Hugh Freeze, let me give me two hours to convince you that South Carolina is where you need to be. Now, obviously, they don't feel that way, and that's fine. And for whatever their reasons are, that's their business. Um, But if they want to go with Shane Beamer uh, or Billy Napier, it may or may not work out. You're right. Just because you have a plan doesn't mean it's a good plan, doesn't mean it's going to work. For Vanderbilt, tougher. I mean, even tougher. Now, I'm not a big Derek Mason guy, but. I also know that's not that that he wasn't the biggest problem and is not the biggest problem at Vanderbilt. The biggest problem at Vanderbilt is there's no commitment to the program, and no, if you can't if you can't have the commitment to the program, you're just changing names. And uh, I'm not saying, and I'm not taking up for Derek Mason. I'm saying that there's no coach that's going to go there with their current environment and win. In fact. I will tell coaching buddies straight up: if you go to Vanderbilt, you are it's a it's a career killer. Now, you're, you're whatever money you're going to get, invest it well, and realize that you're probably not going to get another coaching job again because, quote unquote, you failed as a head coach. Now, maybe you're a Will Muschamp to where you can do just enough to where people might say, well, at Vanderbilt, let's give him another chance, you know, but for the most part, you go to Vanderbilt, you're not going to have success. And when you don't have success, Dave, most of the time, when you don't have success, you don't get a second chance. And so I, I would tell somebody, I would tell Clark Lee, let's take him for an example, Clark Lee, is an outstanding defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. He was a fullback at Vanderbilt. He's got family in the area. Okay, He might have an interest for that reason. If you're Clark Lee, you're a fast-track guy, you could get a job that's better where you have a better chance to win. If you go to Vanderbilt, I can pretty much tell you, with all due respect, Clark, you're not going to win there. And so is that, is that going to be the one job that you're going to want and say, you know what, it's Vanderbilt, I love it, it's my school, I want to live in Nashville, and if I don't win there, I'll just go and be a defense coordinator somewhere, and I'm good with that. If that's your attitude on it, Godspeed. If you want to be a, a successful head coach, you're better off staying where you are. You're better off taking a job like the Cincinnati job If Luke fickle leaves, because you know what, even the, uh, yeah, let me, let me repeat that. You'd better off taking a G five job. That's really good that you then can go and and be a head coach and then go and get a better head coaching job. Because if you go to Vanderbilt, look, I know James Franklin did it. Donardo did it, but we don't have enough time To list, all the coaches that have go to Vanderbilt and their careers are gone. You think Derek Mason is going to be a hot commodity as a head coach, even though he's done some good things on the defensive side. No, it's a, he had his one chance to be a head coach. It's at Vanderbilt and he's probably off the radar, unfortunately for him. So I think it's a graveyard job personally.
0: And I don't think people understand because I I have covered Vanderbilt at times. I don't think people understand the difference in facilities. Oh, oh! I mean, you so know, bad. I don't care if it, they may have an indoor practice facility now, but they they didn't. This is a few years ago, uh, but they uh, It didn't matter if it was snowing or sleeting or November or what it was. They were um, they were outside and it was just, uh, you know, I. Football supposed to be fun. That didn't didn't look like a damn bit of fun to me. <laughs> Being out there practicing.
1: Well, and the, the 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 unfortunate part of it is, look, I'm not going to tell people how to spend their money. Vanderbilt, for people who don't know, is as financially set and and has as many resources. It, it better than most in the SEC. I mean, they could they could print money. They could do whatever they they could build the nicest facilities in all of college football, and it's a drop in the bucket financially. They choose to not do that for football. Okay, that's fine. They 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 focus on academics and medical school. That is admirable, but don't. Don't spit and tell me it's raining. You know what I mean? It, it just, you know, I there's uh, another, there's another analogy. I don't with think you. That, yeah,
0: I don't think that saying goes that
1: but, way. No, no, no. Yeah, I know I did. You know, I just, you know, I just don't want to use any other bodily functions. But my point is, <laughs> if, if you're not going to put anything into the program, then quit hiring coaches and firing them. Go ahead and first make a commitment to the program. Put forth the facilities. Say, we're going to be competitive. I mean, just on the SEC check alone that you get, you could do 100% better with your facilities. And it's already tough to recruit there, Dave, because not just that it's tough academically, but look at the curriculum that they have at Vanderbilt. You don't have the broad-based curriculum that you can get at a state school or even at some other private schools. Meaning, you can't. There's not as many programs academically at Vanderbilt that you can study. I mean, not everybody wants to be pre-med or pre-law. I mean, it's just like you know, it's like it's not. It's not a great place to go to school if you just want to get a degree. And I mean, it's great academically. If you want to study one of those disciplines, it's as good of a degree as you can get in. It's a great place to live and all that kind of stuff, but they don't make that commitment. And if you don't make the commitment, then what are you doing? Firing coaches. It doesn't, they do not run their program at Vanderbilt like they do at Northwestern or at Duke or at Stanford. And, and so if you are not committed to being successful football wise, then quit hiring and firing coaches is the way I look at it. Now, if you if you hire a James Franklin, well, what is the one thing that James Franklin can do well? He's a salesman. And he went out and he sold that program and he did all that on camp. And that's great. Probably what you need. But if you think you're going to change the head coach and all of a sudden it's going to be, that's pocket change. We can buy out the head coach, bring in a new and, and have a, uh, um, of a facade that we're trying to win there, that they're really not. And, and, you know, until they make some substantive changes on, you know, facilities, uh, then I just don't think that they're going to have much success there. And and again, they're trying to fight lightning in the bottle. And I say, go out and build something that's really impressive. And you know what? That could be a really good job. It is not a good job now, and I would not recommend bright young coaches to take that step. I really wouldn't, and I know it's an SEC job, but it's really not an SEC job. It's a job in the SEC. Vanderbilt doesn't have an SEC job, and quite frankly, Vanderbilt should be ashamed of them, themselves on how they operate that football program and that athletic department. It's embarrassing.
0: No, I agree, especially – I might have argued with you a little bit um, 15, 20 years ago, but like you mentioned, Northwestern, like you mentioned Duke. I mean, they're respectable. Are they going to win championships? Probably not, but they're still respectable, and Vanderbilt's not respectable. I I, I mean, I, it stuns me. The only reason I can think that they're still in the SEC is loyalty, and you don't want the SEC to get any tougher.
1: Well, and you know, yeah, they've been there forever and they like, they, they're the kind of the poster bar for the academic, you know, that's the one school there that has, you know, a tremendous academic reputation. But again, Stanford's built some nice facilities, Northwestern that now now Northwestern's built on, on Lake Michigan. That's a Taj Mahal. That's, that's gorgeous. Unbelievable. And then, but look at what Duke, look what they did for cut. And, and, you know, that's pretty nice. And and you're correct. Vanderbilt should not have an expectation, nor do they, of, of winning, but being competitive is something that they should have. And if you're going to have some pride in your program, why not? Why not have facilities that look really good? That stadium is an embarrassment. It's a dump. I mean, it's really bad. Um, that, 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 that's not reflective of what you want. Your shouldn't be reflective of what you want your university to represent and the football facilities. There are a lot of things that could do a lot better and they don't do it. And if you did those things, then you could tell the coach, you know what, if you can't recruit here and you can't kind of build a program that's in the image of Vanderbilt and maybe, we schedule some games in the early part of the season where you can be competitive and maybe go to a bowl game. If you can't do those things, then you're not getting it done. But how do you tell somebody that they're not getting it done when they're, they're basically have a program facility wise, that would be in the bottom half of the American Atlantic or conference USA. That's I, embarrassing. I, I mean, uh, a place like Tulane has better facilities in a much better stadium, much better football facilities, and they're right there in the, Amer- in the American Athletic um, Atlanta- American Athletic Conference.
0: Can I tell you a true story? Sure. A- hand hand to the sky. This is he's got his story. hands to
1: the sky, folks.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, so I probably covered six games at Vanderbilt, and every time we went in the media entrance, there was some sort of pipe. That you had to duck, and I'm just six foot tall, you had a duck to get under to get to the media elevator that in in twelve years, they didn't get that pipe fixed i know
1: <laughs> i know they they don't and and look for people don't know so it's interesting, the Ingram family for people don't know the Ingram Ingram books and all they they're just they for years and years. Bugged them to basically redo the Memorial Gym and all that. They just, they just, they just kept bugging them and bugging them. And it's great, you know. Finally, they just just got aggravated dealing with them and just wrote them out a check for twenty million to get that thing done. Th- there is money there, and 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 again, you'll wonder in its lack of leadership, lack of vision, but it 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 doesn't. Take anything away from your academics to say, look, we're going to clean up the front porch of the university, which is, you know, look how how our facilities look. Let's make it nice. Or Dave, again, if you say we don't want to do that, that's their university. It's a private university. Do what you want. But then quit trying to tell us that you're trying to win and quit trying to hire coaches and fire coaches and holding them to a standard. That's ridiculous. So just do with it, what you want or, or don't, I, you know, I can remember. Um, well, I just take a school on the other part of the state. That's nothing. It's Memphis. It's nothing like Vanderbilt, but that's a place. And they had a former coach that when they fired him, they said, Hey, look, either commit to the program or, or get the hell out of it. Pardon the French. And they did. And obviously they took the money from Fred Smith, the FedEx guy, and they started to do some things. And Memphis has got a really bright program and American athletic I mean, just really. And it's, it's something like that, that if my God, you're Vanderbilt, that's a prideful, prestigious university that, you know, dress up a little bit. My God, Goodness, brush your teeth, comb your hair, you know, (laughs) put on a clean shirt, you know, act like you belong. They don't even desire to act like it. And it's, I think it's embarrassing. I think it's embarrassing for the league. And I don't think there should be an expectation of winning titles there. I should think there should be an expectation of at least, again, look like you want to belong and then you can go out and hire someone. Instead of hiring someone that's absolutely desperate for a job that you're gonna turn around and you know you're gonna fire in four years, that that's just basically again spitting on your fans and tell them that it's raining. And you can use the another allergy, analogy out there if you like, folks.
0: <laughs> that, I better not. I'm not yeah. gonna go blue.
1: Uh <laughs> he's
0: Chris Landry, go to landryfootball.com. You'll learn more about football and you will love that website. So uh hook and landry, we will talk to you. One week from today, and uh, maybe all the games won't be canceled. I guess we'll find out. Thanks, Chris. (laughs) Thank you, bud. Appreciate you.